Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Come on, tell somebody you love them. Come on. Hallelujah. I love you too. I love y'all, all all y'all. Hallelujah. Glory as the kids begin to exit. Could you open that for me? Hallelujah. Yes, Father, we thank you. Glory. Are you going to turn your ringer off this time? Hallelujah. It wouldn't be right if your ringer didn't go off while we were. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Father a hand. Pray. Let's keep the atmosphere going. Come on. This is 2022. We can't go backwards. Okay, we ain't going back to 2021. All right. It's a new atmosphere, okay? You got to breathe the presence of God, you got to eat the word. All right, this is the life we chose. Come on, say it with me. Say, this is the life we chose. Hallelujah. To live in the spirit under our heavenly father. This is the life we chose. If you didn't choose it, you can choose it today and be a part of this family. But this is the life we chose. I tell y'all all the time, you may be seated. I tell you guys all the time to take your spiritual life serious. Okay, take your spiritual life serious. He didn't die so we could have church. He didn't die so we could sing songs. He died so we can get the life. Okay, it's a predestined life. Predestined. What can you do with that? Okay, did he predestine you? He already started, he already ended the book. What can we do with that? But take it serious. But tap into it. Do everything we can do to acquire it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word for today. Uh, We're still uh, going along the lines of uh, suffer to reign, suffer to reign, hallelujah, suffer to reign. We've already been, it's already written in your destiny, Serena, it's already written in your destiny to reign, but it's the suffering that's on the way that stops us, that makes us think we're going in the wrong direction. But it is in our destiny to suffer. It is in our, he has to try us in order to give us what he wants us to have. He's not going to just throw it to you. He wants to see, are you worthy? He did so with the children of Israel to the point that 11-day journey took them 40 years because he didn't want to take them through the land of the Philistines because they wasn't ready to fight. And when you're not ready to fight, he has to take you another way. Be ready. Okay, this is, uh, we have, after this message, we have one more message for this series, and then we're going to go into another direction. But our title scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, it reads, if we suffer, which means you don't have to. All right, this is your will, given over to the Father that makes you suffer. He says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, so we can choose to suffer with him or we can choose to deny him. It's our decision. But he said, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. We will rule with him. We will dominate with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. And how does that look? In the time where we need power, in the time where we need finances, in the time where we need his word to work for us, it denies you because you've been denying him. I told you before, we can't just, this, is, this would not be that church 
that talks, you know, that just says we have faith but don't walk it out. I told you the father did not give his son so that we can say we're saved but don't live it. So we can just say we're Christians but there's no lifestyle behind it. All right, like I told you, if you gave your child for anything, you're going to be standing over watching the hold on. I gave my child for this. You better do it right. So to reign means to reign together. We ain't reigning by ourselves. We're reigning together. It means to reign together to possess, possess, seem, supreme honor, liberty, and blessedness. I'm going to read that again. To reign together means to possess supreme honor, liberty, and blessedness in the kingdom of God right here on earth. To suffer means to remain. It means to abide, not to recede or flee. So in the midst of the suffering, it's not suffering if you run. Yeah. It's not suffering if you flee. It's not suffering if you complain. It's not suffering if you murmur about it. It's not suffering if you don't do it with the right heart. It also means to persevere under misfortunes and trials to hold fast to one's faith. So you mean to tell me that I'm working and doing the things the Father has called me to do, and I, I begin to go through things, and he's telling me persevere. He didn't say stop. He didn't say quit. He didn't say, this is the devil. He said, keep going. When Paul said, I have fought the fight of faith, <laughs> it wasn't just people talking about him. He said that he endured beatings five times with rods. He endured the cat of nine tails. He was shipwrecked. He was abandoned. He was bitten by a snake and kept doing the will of the Father. Now, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, our things, the things we go through would not be to that height. It would not be to that level. Just the small things that we go through, we'd be ready to quit. <laughs> so the Father wanted us to teach this message and get it in you because I told you the relationship is important, but the kingdom is where we grow up. Okay, we grow up in the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. How does the kingdom do it? You know how it is. You was fighting, and you got beat up. You ran home, and your mama, your daddy said, go back out there and fight again. Okay? Because I'm not raising this. I'm not raising no jellyback coward that every time adversity comes, you quit. You run. A woman told me one time, she said, complaining children become lazy adults. Suffer means to endure. It means to bear bravely, and I like that, calmly. So we're going to get into our teaching on today. The title of our teaching on today is Stick to the Script. Okay, stick to the script. All right, the Father has given you a predestined plan, a predestined life. Say, my movie is already finished. All you got to do is stick to the script. 
Okay, it's always going to be something that comes to get you off course, to pull you out the movie that God has already finished. So our first scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 it says, and being made perfect, he became the author of our eternal salvation unto all them that do what? Obey him. Obey him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside Every weight and sin which does easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. <laughs> lay aside every sin, lay aside every weight so you can run the race that is set. It's fixed. The prize is always already yours. You just got to keep running the race. He said lay aside every sin. So check yourself and say, does this align with Abba's household? Then he said, lay aside every weight. Weight is the things that aren't sin, but they will hold you down while you're going. Verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That don't even sound right. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before him, he endured the now, the plan. Despising the shame, what people had to say, what people thought he despised it. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he suffered. Now he's reigning. Yes, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above every rule, every authority, every power, every dominion, and every throne in this age and the age to come. But if we don't suffer, we won't see ourselves through that. How are we going to be positioned and complaining? How, you, if you knew your position and walked in your position, you wouldn't complain, you wouldn't quit, you wouldn't doubt, you would continually walk in faith because you know your position. So, God is not, God is the author. Give me that graphic. God is the author of peace. He's the author of eternal salvation. And he's the author of faith. So God is the author of what? God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of sin. And he's not the author of weight. So God is not the author of what? And weight. So God is the author. He is an author. If he wasn't an author, he would not let us know in scriptures what he is the author of and what he is not the author of. Now, an author is somebody who has finished the book. He's not a writer. 
The author is someone who has finished the book. That's why when the devil approached Jesus and he had some things to say to him, Jesus says, it is written. The book is already finished. It is written. This is how I overcome. This is how I see my way through this thing. It is already written. I have to have a word, a written word in my heart, in my soul, in my mind to deal with every situation because the Father has already placed it in Scripture to tell us how to overcome the thing. And so every time Satan approached him, he said, it is written, which means my father said this. Bread, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of my father. So I got the scripture, but he's still speaking. Now, the father is not a writer. He's an author. He has finished your book. He has finished your story. A writer is someone who is still writing. The father ain't writing no more. He's not writing anymore, but he can become a writer. So, so God can be an author or he can be a writer. Isaiah 46 and 10, it's not up there. It says he knows the end of a thing before the beginning. So I keep telling y'all, your story is done. You just got to stick to the script. You just got to stay in your father's household, align with what he tells you to do, learn how to hear the spirit, practice righteousness. He told Jeremiah, he says, I know the things I speak of you. I know the way I think of you, he said. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. He said, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, he will condemn it. For this is our heritage. Psalms 139 and 16. It says, your eyes saw me when I was formless. Mm. All my days are written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. I need y'all to read that. Y'all go ahead and read that. Y'all read that. Go ahead. That's a faith scripture. That's a confidence that even in a situation you're going in, going through, whether you like it or not, it's already written. He made this thing easy to where all we have to do is accept it. I tell you, this is his plan. It was the father's plan. It was God's plan to create human beings. <laughs> It was his job, it was his idea to call us sons and daughters. He could have made us anything he wanted to be. He said, I want them to be my children. I want them to be like me. I want to give them the kingdom. It is already written. So God is an author, but he can become a writer. Okay, Proverbs 13 and 15, it's not up there. It says the ways of a transgressor are hard. The ways of a transgressor are hard. Transgression is when you sin and you go against something and you know you're doing the wrong thing. 
When you don't know, it's just trespass. I wander somewhere because I'm immature. I don't have understanding. So I'm into stuff that I didn't know. Trespass is different, but transgression means I know what I'm doing. I know it's wrong, and I keep doing it. And he said, because you're going to keep doing that, what's going to happen is now your life is going to be hard. And it's only going to be hard because you you're out of the script that I have already written. So God being an author becomes a writer just to get you back into your script. And I got some proof. God being an author, when you get out of his predestined script, becomes a writer only for the purpose of getting you back into your script. Of bringing you to a state of repentance to redirect us from the path that he is to redirect us to the path that he has already prepared for us. And our example for today, we're going to use Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's going to be the example for today. And I hope to God that you learn something from this. All right, this is a life-changing message. If you hear it correctly, and you abide by it, I promise you, your life will change. Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, Amittai means faithful. Okay, so the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of faithfulness. The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Jonah's name means dove, which is what is used to carry a message. So he's asking Jonah to do a thing because this is why he created Jonah. Jonah is a prophet. Jonah is a prophet. Jonah is called to carry the word of the Lord to other places and speak it. So it says in verse 1, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Verse 2, he says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. So he gave him the message. He told him everything to say. He told him why. <laughs> and in verse 3, it says, but Jonah got up. And went. In the opposite direction. To get away from the Lord. Whatever you call to do. Whatever you do. Don't go in the opposite way. <laughs> Whatever he called you to do, suffer it, endure it. Just do what he told you to do. Jonah didn't want to go because he didn't like Nineveh. He didn't like the people of Nineveh. He didn't think they deserved it, Manushka. It wasn't because he didn't understand the instructions. <laughs> it wasn't because he didn't know how to get there. It wasn't because he couldn't hear. It was, he heard the directions, he received the word, but he did not like Nineveh. He didn't think they deserved 
to be saved. So it says, but Jonah got up and went into the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. <laughs> this story is funny. It said, he bought a ticket. He paid his money. <laughs> and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Verse 4. But the Lord. But the Lord. Okay. So he gave him the instructions, but Jonah. So he was on the path. The story was written, go to Nineveh, do this. If he goes to Nineveh, there's no but Lord. It says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Now, the story changed when Jonah changed. The story changed in Jonah's life, but it didn't only change in Jonah's life. It changed in the life of everybody he entered thereafter. And Jonah jumped on the board of a ship with people who were there going where they're supposed to go. The Bible said the ship was about to break apart. Verse 5, it said, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods. <laughs> shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So Jonah is in disobedience, going the opposite direction, and the storm that he has caused has caused the sailors who are on the right boat to not just start panicking, they start throwing stuff off the boat. They start throwing your FedEx packages off. You wonder why you didn't get it? <laughs> it was because of Jonah. But this is what happens when someone is in your life and they're not supposed to be there. You start getting rid of stuff that's supposed to be there to keep them there. That's why at all times you better inspect and see, am I on my path? And the people that's with me, are they on my path? If the Father didn't call you to be a divine generation, please leave. Please leave. <laughs> Come on, say that. Jonah is asleep. They going through hell. Hot water, all this stuff is going on, and Jonah's knocked out. Verse 6, so the captain went down after him. He said, how can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. 
maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. So, see, the thing about it, Jonah's down here asleep, and he ain't panicking. So automatically the captain like, hold on. We up here praying. You need to be up here with us because you on the boat. <laughs> you on the ship with us. It says, verse 7 says, then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. This was their form of prayer. They started shooting dice. <laughs> this was how they began to identify, okay, look, they did the sticks. Break it up, throw it on the floor, everybody pick up one. Whoever got the shortest is you. Okay, it said, <laughs> it said the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. So even when you pray to other guys, it'll tell you, oh, look, <laughs> we can't do nothing about this. <laughs> this one of them Christians going the wrong direction. So they cast lots or their form of praying to find out who is the culprit. Who is causing these issues in this particular moment? Verse 8. It says, why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. And then they said, who are you? What is your line of work? Okay. What country are you from? And what is your nationality? Oh, it's time to find. Why are you here? He said, who is, <laughs> who are you? Identity. What line of work? Call. What country are you from, origin? And what is your nationality, culture? Verse 9, Jonah answered, I am Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, watch this, who made the sea and land. Verse 11, and since the storm, hold on, verse 10. It says, the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it, they groaned. Why? <laughs> why are you running? You got to ask yourself that. You better, I'm telling you, why are you running? Mm. Verse 11, since the storm was getting worse, all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Because you are the one that caused it. Verse 12, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know this. I know that this terrible storm is my fault. He let them know, I'm out of my predestined script. I'm out of the movie that the Father aligned for me to be, so I know why this storm is happening. Verse 13, instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to land because they nice. Not me. I would have threw him right over that thing and let the Lord save him. And since he the God of the sea and the land, 
Then they cried out to the Lord. Uh, uh, then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Hold on. Verse 13, it said, instead, the sailors rode even, rode even harder to get, to the sh get the ship to the land. But the stormy seas was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. So they tried to make it, but they couldn't. Then they cried out to the Lord. They stopped talking to their God, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. It's decision-making time. It's time to assess the situation because we got to make it to where he called us to go. It's time, it's time, it's sometimes you got to assess the situation. I don't want to die for their sins <laughs> because of what he's doing. But at the same time, I don't want to kill him. But he has to go. And you have to look at your life situation sometimes and you have to ask, why is my life constantly going in the wrong direction? Then you got to assess everybody who's around you and then you got to ask questions. If you are around me and you are my circle, I demand you. If you don't want to follow the father, get out my life. Because all you're going to do is bring storms. All you're going to do is bring dark spirits. All you're going to do is bring demonic presence. He said, oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon us, upon him, for your own good reasons. So this ain't got nothing to do with me. Verse 15, then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Say, so that's all I had to do? Then it said, verse 16, the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. So I guess Jonah's disobedience did have a good repercussion to it. All of them got saved. The scripture says that they were all struck by the Lord's great power. But not only that, okay, it is the, 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 the thought process that he puts into every destiny. To the point that him going the wrong direction, even stepping in the ship, he could have waited till they was off the ship and onto land before he started to inflict a storm. He could have let something happen to Jonah all by, his, by himself. He could have allowed them to get to the land. It was a reason why he didn't, because the longer you stay out the wheel, you begin to think it's okay. This is why the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, which means that if you are a good man or a woman, same thing, your steps are ordered. You can't go where you want to go. He has already ordered your steps. Why? Because you have your predestined, right? So your steps are ordered. Verse 17, 
Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now that's the first chapter of Jonah. The second chapter says, Jonah prayed to the Lord. Starts off like this. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. Now, Jonah chapter, 10, chapter 2, verse 10 says, and the, the, the whale spit him up on a beach. So after his disobedience and the father had to write a whale, he had to write a storm. Jonah was never supposed to experience that. He was never supposed to experience a storm. Neither was the sailors. He was never supposed to experience the whale. He was never supposed to get swallowed up. But, the, but him being swallowed up by the whale is what made him pray. Sometimes the father has the right of situation in your life just so you can pray. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. I got 30 minutes. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. Y'all read that. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. There we go. So nothing changed. Same message after going through the storms that didn't have to happen. After being swallowed up by a whale, he come right back and get the same instructions. Now, none of the things above had to happen. A lot of times we go through things, it didn't even have to happen. The things that we go through, they don't even have to transpire. The well was there because Jonah went the opposite direction. The storm was there because he went the opposite direction. Once he got done going through all that praying <laughs> and being thrown off the ship, being kicked out of my life, now he probably got the spirit of rejection. No, you need to know because sometimes our spirit of rejection happens because we were on the wrong path. I had a girl tell me every time I get something, a man cheat on me. No man, don't che no man cheats on you unless you're with the wrong one. Sometimes our spirit of rejection comes because we were not with, we were off script dealing with somebody that we were not supposed to be dealing with. And, in an, and because we went through that situation, now... We say that they hurt. No, they didn't hurt you. You hurt yourself going the wrong direction. I did it. I tell people the story all the time. I went to high school in Decatur, Illinois. Now, if you can see Decatur, Illinois, it's, it's on one line. So you have Decatur, Illinois here. Then you have Champaign, Illinois here. Then on the other side of Decatur, you have Springfield, Illinois. When I got out of high school, everything in me told me go to Champaign. Go to Champagne. Go to Champagne. AD was already in Champagne. He was a senior a year before me. He had already moved there. Everything in me was telling me go to Champagne. What did I do? 
I went to Springfield. When I got to Springfield, I went through all types of hell. I can't even begin to tell you. I went there on a scholarship to play basketball. In the middle of that, they had a controversy in which the, the, the coach and the president of the school were in cahoots together in which the coach was the basketball coach, he was the volleyball coach, he was the athletic director and the housing coordinator and was making a huge salary. The president had several other positions and they were all just making these huge salaries. In the middle of me being there, they canceled the basketball program. Fired the coach and fired the president. I seen the president of the school a couple weeks later working in JCPenney's. At that time, I was, it was my freshman year in college, my mother now reconnects with me. I leave Springfield. Now, I'm supposed to be in Champaign. All this happened between 96 and 97. None of the people I went to school with in Springfield are, I am, am I in touch with. That's what happens when you go the wrong way. <laughs> you meet a lot of people, they're good people, but they were never supposed to be a part of your destiny. So I leave Springfield and move all the way to Los Angeles, California. Stay there for nine months going through hell another wrong direction. I leave California, go to Indianapolis, another wrong direction to end up in Champaign. Now Champaign was only 35 miles from Decatur. How'd I went the right way? I went to Springfield, which was 35 miles the wrong way, then went all the way to the West Coast, then went all the way to Indianapolis to end up right where I should be. And that's why I met my wife. You looking at my wife, my kids, and this ministry because I went to Champagne. <laughs> In Champagne, AD was my roommate. See, when you go the right way, you begin to see fruit. I know Ola because somebody I met in Champagne. Ola is here because I went to Champagne. Ola's mother is here because I went to Champagne. But the hell I went through because I went the wrong direction. Stick to the script. It says, then the, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time go to Champagne. and find Cindy Fleming. I was still off, y'all. Y'all, look, Kenya, I was still off. I arrived in 97 and didn't marry her to 2007. We did everything we, boy, we, about to, we, we almost missed this marriage five, six times. He was trying to get us together and we were doing everything we could to not get together. Only to get together and everything opens up for us. Only to get together and now we in our call. Had I brought anybody else along this journey, none of y'all sitting here. Divine generation doesn't even exist. Mm 
Verse 2, he says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Verse 3. Mm -mm -mm. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Ambassador. <laughs> he arrived where he told him to be at Delius and said what he told him to say. Verse 5 said, says, the people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. So when Jonah went and did what the father told him to do, he got results. When Jonah went and did what the father told him to do, people got saved. That's why I tell you, the, the storm... And the well was because of the disobedience, partly. The other part was because he wanted Nineveh. The reason why the father would interject things into your story to get you back on path is because of people who are waiting for you. He kept on disrupting our life until we got it right because y'all was waiting on us. So we're married. We're getting ready to move back to Louisiana. I come get her. Let's go, Cindy. God didn't tell me to move to Louisiana. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. And she pregnant, okay, <laughs> with Alana at the time. So me, being McKinley, oh well. I see you later. I'm going back to Louisiana. Get outside, and they repossessed my car. I can't go nowhere. <laughs> the thing about it is, the car was paid up. I didn't owe nothing on the car. I had back paid what I did owe, but they had already put the order out to come get the car. I had back paid the car, didn't owe no money. It wasn't about the car. It was about y'all. <laughs> I walked back in the house and said, they repossessed my car. She said, well, guess I got to go now. <laughs> the father know what he doing. You think, you think something strange going on. It's not. He's writing things, interjecting. He could have let me have that car. I probably would still have my car if she would have came. Blame her. If she would have said, come on, baby, let's go, I would have had my car. But since she decided she didn't want to go and I'm bullheaded, he said, I got a show both of y'all. Verse 10. It says, when God saw what they had done and how they had 
put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Suffer the rain. Jonah was called to preach the message. He was called to do what the father had called him to do. It was his aversions, his heart against Nineveh that made him go the wrong direction. Now, I don't know a preacher alive that would not want to come preach one word and 120 people get saved. That was more than the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was only 3,000. When you stick to the script, the will of the Father will be done through you. He can use us if we allow him to use us. He declared a simple message. Look what he said. <laughs> he said, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's it. That's it. And a, the scriptures say, the scriptures say that 120 people repented all in one day. This is a, the reason why, and I'm closing, okay? This is a reason why the Bible says that we are his field, we are his building, and we are his co-laborers. When we first started this church, first, one of the first messages I taught was Church 101, to teach y'all this is why we come to church. Okay, the first reason is because so we can conform to the image of Christ. The second reason is so that you can obtain spiritual intelligence. Now, the reason for that is because once you have been born again, you are now held under the standards of the kingdom of God. You are not held under the standards of the world. So when you get saved and you get a father, your life, even at your age, Adelis, even at your age, Quay, Alana, Akira, even at your age, there's a call there. Jesus was 12 years old when he was in the temple about his father's business. There's no reason why your age permits you to be about the father's business. Your destiny starts when you are born again. Eternal life starts when you are born again. You are in the midst of eternal life right now. You are in the book that he's given you. That's why you keep having visions. It's a reason why Chris sees himself on stage singing in Kenya, I know. <laughs> it's not your destiny. The book was already finished, and he's told, he said, son, you are going to be on stage. Look, I, the, when I was 16, and no, 15, and I walked into the church for the first time, apostolic church, it was a lot of stuff going on. People were on the drums, people were singing, people had white gloves on, y'all get it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> people were praying, dancing, y'all know, boy, they was doing their thing. But the only thing that gravitated to me was the person teaching. It did something to my spirit. I was there living totally in sin, didn't care nothing about what no God was talking about. But when Pastor Dora Ewing got to teaching the Bible, I was intrigued. Why? It was my call. I ain't pay attention to nobody on the drums. I don't care about no A and B selection. Get to the word. 
Because that was what intrigued me. The Father will show you what you're called to do. He will show you. It's not by mistake that Ola is infatuated with healing. A lot of y'all don't know that her healing started with a, a cat. She picked up a cat, and the cat head was turned sideways, stuck like this, out of all the ones in the litter. She picked the cat up, started patting. Did you pray? Pray for the cat. Put the cat down, and the head straightened up. Letting you know this is what I have called you to do. I told you the first time I seen my wife pray, I was like, who is that? I didn't see her pray for the first time at home. They gave her the mic at church, and she, I'm like, who is this woman? She started to see stuff. I'm seeing this in the spirit. What are you talking about? All of a sudden, now you seeing stuff in the spirit? I don't know what's wrong with this girl. All of a sudden, she interpreting dreams. And all, I mean, this is not, it ain't like somebody came up to us in a dream. This is what you're called to do. You're called to teach. You're called to do this. No, you find this stuff, on, stuff out as you stick to the script. As you stay on the path of righteousness for his namesake, you find out. You find out. Jesus comes to John the Baptist. I need you to baptize me. No, you the son of God. I ain't even worthy to tie your shoes. You need to baptize me. Jesus says, suffer it to be that all righteousness can be fulfilled. Suffer it to be so we can stay on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Suffer it to be. Jesus was the one who I only do what my father tell me to do. So you know what that means? He would have showed up. The next day, I need you to baptize me. No, I want to baptize you. Okay. I need you to baptize me. <laughs> because until this happens, we can't go forward. The moment he baptized him, Holy Spirit came down. He gets sent into the wilderness. What's delaying your story? The last instruction. He's not going to stop until you finish the last instruction. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. If Jonah would have sat there, it, the Lord, word of the Lord came to Jonah a third time. If he would have sat there, another storm would have happened. And he was, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a fourth time. This is what we're doing. We're adding unnecessary chapters to our life. You're supposed to be in this chapter, but you're still in that chapter disobedient, not doing what he said you do to do, won't pray, won't fast, won't read the word. And you'll stay stuck in a chapter For years. Sometimes this can go on for 10, 20, 30 years. This can go on for 40, 50 years in people's life. Well, they stay stuck because they won't follow that instruction. 
because they want to stay outside the script that the Father has already created, not understanding that in the script is the provision. Hold on. Just no clap just yet. It don't matter how much you fast, pray, or give. If you outside of his will, the finances still going to come up short. Because the provision is for where you're going. It ain't for where you're at. You got to suffer if you're going to reign. Every assignment ain't going to be glorious. You're not going to like every assignment he give you. Matter of fact, he going to give you the ones you hate because he needs to know, are you true to the game? Do you want my hand or do you want my heart? Like I told you with the children of Israel, he could have gave them the promised land. He could have teleported them there. But once they got there, they wouldn't have been able to keep it. So he had to send them in a way where he could train them so when they get to the promised land, they could sustain it because in the promised land was the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. And the first thing he told them was, when you get into the land, you need to remove them. But they weren't a fighting people. They were a complaining people. (laughs) And it didn't matter what they did. He did for them. Their heart was constantly hardened towards him. They cried out in Egypt. He sent a deliverer. Not only did he send a deliverer, he sent seven plagues to make Pharaoh turn his head. Pulls him out of Egypt. He didn't leave him, he didn't pull him out of Egypt with the same clothes. He told them, before y'all leave Egypt, I want y'all to go and get all the gold and the silver from the Egyptians. Fine clothes. So they left there with more than they came there with. They left there blessed. Pulled them out of Egypt, they're blessed. He's seen what he's done. Okay, we cried out. He sent a deliverer. We cried out. He, he removed us from Egypt. Now they see Pharaoh coming again. Moses, why have you pulled us away from Egypt? Was there not enough graves in Egypt? Hardened heart. He's just trying to get them to the promised land. The father is just trying to get us in, the, in our destiny. He had to show them. Moses came to them and said, look, you see these people, the, the, uh, uh, these people from Egypt, the Pharaoh people? He said, look, from this point forward, you won't see them anymore. This time he takes them through the Red Sea. Wipes out all of their enemies. They get on the other side, create a whole album. They created a whole album singing to him. And then... They ran out of food. Back to complaining. We got to lose a hardened heart. Okay? A hardened heart is when the Father constantly does stuff for you. You see the miracles, but it never registers. You ever been through hard times and the Father came through? And then you went through hard times again and you was wondering where it's going to come from. How is that? And so you went through hard times again and the father came through for you. That happened to you too? 
And then you wondered, the next time you went through hard time, where it's going to come from? Then you went through hard times again, and you was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and he came through for you again. The thing is, you will not be on the path of righteousness until your mind gets to the place where you understand that it's already been predestined. It's already been predestined. Like I told you, look, we unnecessarily add chapters to our story. Not only that, this, we unnecessarily add sufferings to our life that we don't even have to go through. The Bible said if you're going to suffer, don't suffer as a murderer. Don't suffer as a thief. Don't suffer as a thief. Don't suffer as an evildoer. If you're going to suffer, you want to suffer in your destiny. If you want to suffer, you want to suffer on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You're going to suffer anyway. <laughs> Say, I'm going to suffer anyway. You're going to suffer anyway. Why would you want to suffer for, to get back onto the script that he wrote for you, then suffer some more? Just stick to the script. Just stick to the script. God can be an author or he can be a writer. You choose. You choose. You choose. You get to choose. And it ain't going to be with your mouth. <laughs> it's going to be with your actions. Let us pray.